Welcome to today's devotional for January 20th. As we begin our time together, let us quiet ourselves as we enjoy some music and prepare to hear what the Word of God has to say to us today. The scripture reading today comes to us from the book of Psalms, and it's Psalm 32. Hear now the word of the Lord. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. At a time of distress, the rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. 
I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding, whose temper must be curved with bit and bridle, else it not, will not stay near you. Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we ask that the word just read might point to the word to come and that it would all serve to draw us closer to you and into more honest confession. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen. At the head of this psalm, Psalm 32, there's an indication that the psalm is of David and that it's something called a mascal. And what that means is that they believe it to be a wisdom poem. And it is wisdom. It's intended to help us live good, God-pleasing and joyful lives. And at its heart, it's warning us of the terrible, debilitating effect of secret sin, of trying to hide from God what cannot be hidden. We hear that such self-deceit can literally make us sick and that as hard as honest confession can be, on the other side, there is always the forgiveness of God. On the other side, there is joy. Confession can bring us to our knees to be sure, unlike anything else can. I have this memory of, a, of my childhood and being caught stealing candy at the grocery store, having stuffed my pockets, my brother and I stuffing our pockets and, and having to confess to my mom who caught us and to the store manager because she made us. Well, my goodness, that memory is still so sharp and so visceral. It might as well have happened yesterday. And imagine we were caught, we were forced to confess it's something else entirely to volunteer confession. It's hard to choose honest confession. It's particularly difficult, I think, in our day and age and in our culture, this difficulty of honest confession, especially in a culture that has very little patience for struggle and weakness. It made me think of a wonderful book that I'm reading by Ann Patchett called Run. It's her early work of fiction, one of her very earliest novels. And in it, Sullivan, he's the pampered son of a former Boston mayor. And he has been permitted and encouraged to live with a lie that he's not responsible for the fatal car accident that killed his girlfriend some 10 years earlier. And he's so lost. He's completely untethered. He's untethered from God. He's untethered from his family and he's untethered from himself. The lie, far more than the accident itself, has destroyed his life. In his silence, he is wasting away. I suppose some of our reluctance to confess our sins lies in the truth that we have a really hard time believing that will really be forgiven. Perhaps we fear that we won't really be loved, at least not in the same way, as if God would never look at us the same way again, as if God would never see us with the same kind of affection if we confess the truth of our sin without holding anything back. 
Certainly in the novel, Sullivan's father never looks at his son the same way again once he knows what his son has done and once the lie that they both tell together dashes his hopes for a bright political future. But human love has limits, a frailty that is inherent in our humanity. The love of God is something else entirely. That love continues despite our sin. Our Father loves us still. He welcomes us home like a father who welcomes his prodigal son with open arms and a forgiving heart and a love that is so fierce and so persistent that it cannot, cannot be stopped, not even by us. God's love is unfailing. God's grace surrounds us. I read someone, uh, the words of someone who described it as us being hemmed in, hemmed in by God's good heart. I love that. Confession of sin to God is confession of faith in a God who loves us no matter what. Come what may, forever and always. God's steadfast love, it surrounds us. God's steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord, the psalm reads. Let us be of upright heart, confessing openly and honestly with confidence in God's love. Let us pray. Merciful God, we struggle with our unbelief. Help our unbelief. Help us to trust wholly in your forgiving love. And from that place of confidence, help us to humble ourselves, to honestly confess the ways we have fallen short of who you created us to be. We ask this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.